time. Right now, someone is listening to songs about parties, travel, and getaways without ever planning one for themselves. They need a change of tune. For real, visit North Carolina. This week on Androids and Aliens. We've heard this tale a thousand times before, right? Like labor dispute, neutral arbiter, undead. <laughs> it is almost cliche at this point. That old yarn. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing that we go back to that well so often. <laughs> the team is in high demand. There's just so much red tape to go through and a lot of fighting between the two factions. So Gevelas Noor tasks you with this and you guys are down. Information is at a premium. As much as we want to bring that drift rock home, we just want to know what happened to our friends. I mean, if I had a choice between bringing that drift rock home and just having more information, I'd take the information seven times out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Digging too deep could mean their lives. Right now, we are caught in the middle of a lot of powerful, interested parties, and I want to minimize the risk to myself and to a lesser extent the other people here in this room. <laughs> and nothing they do goes unnoticed. How come everyone knows what we're doing? I am very concerned about that as the player, so... Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't seen Roger Glipglop like, mention it on the nightly <laughs> yeah. news. <laughs> the adventure continues. This guy slides out and looks at you, and he has uh, one eye, like a cyclops. Can I make a life science check? Maybe it was a cosmetic choice on his part, or maybe uh, his mom had sex with the cyclops. (laughs) (laughs) No. Do you ever think about how this is a show that takes place in the future, but when people listen to it, they're listening to a recording that took place in the past. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> it doesn't so you've been smoking future. weed. <laughs> Just think about it. I knew I shouldn't have brought my, my weed pipe in. <laughs> yeah. You did mistake. bring this rather long I brought Gandalf. My, my church warden pipe. It's a technical term. It's a church warden. Church pipe. warden. Yeah, I call it my Gandalf pipe. Um, but I will be keeping it away from you. For, <laughs> for the what, remainder of the episode. What is going on with this pipe? Is there a story behind this pipe? I just always really wanted a Gandalf pipe, so I ordered one. And it came. It really, <laughs> wow. There's wow. the story. There it is. Yeah. Uh, is there a place that sells Gandalf pipes? You really have a way with narratives. Yeah. Really, really paint a picture. <laughs> Did you pay Set for it? Set down a spell while I, while I weave the tale of the purchase of this pipe. Did you throw a leather bag of silver onto a, a platform and well, they that, handed you the pipe? That's my other story I told you guys yesterday. I just today ordered a bag full of rubies. (laughs) To which Joe said, that would be strange if anyone else said that aloud. (laughs) But to us, it's just like, oh yeah, get order some rubies. (laughs) I bought bought a bag of 10, uh, 15 round cut synthetic lab grown rubies. But wait for you until you hear the reasoning. This is this is why (laughs) I did this. this I've had this plan for a long time um, that uh, if because my my thing is like if I ever if I were to ever go back in time, how would I make ends meet? Well, now you 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 can they have these lab grown gemstones that are uh-huh. basically indistinguishable from the organic real thing, and so if I ever get sent back in time against my will, I'll hopefully have the presence of mind to grab my bag full of rubies, and I'll be a very rich man. 
Want me to blow your mind a little further? If you go back in time, at the time of this recording, you will be showing up right now as we're recording it. Um, well, it wouldn't. There would be before would I that? even got my rubies. Well, think about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've, the rubies would still have no value. <laughs> so, Is there a mechanic for this in Starfinder? <laughs> <laughs> never time travel. That'll be in uh, the advanced player's guide. Anyway. Never, never mind the fact that if someone showed up in the past with glasses and a bag full of rubies, they wouldn't be suspicious at all. Well, my other there's, there's three things. I would bring the bag of rubies uh-huh. and also star sapphires. Got some star sapphires, too, I forgot to mention. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a bag of uh, uh, Butterfinger Bites, because... I think that would just blow everyone's mind. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. that's smart. And a, a gun. <laughs> and a gun. <laughs> so you. So let me, let, let's just run down the checklist for a minute. You've got you, you've got the sapphires. The rubies are coming. The butterfinger bites you have to procure. What about the gun? Why? That's harder than this New York it to is get true. one. I think they actually. So, as a tribute to the late Stephen Hawking, uh, he actually hosted a party for time travelers but no one showed up i heard about that yeah so i think they've kind of proven not proven but like a good a good evidence for time traveling not existing yeah but matt groaning is a matt groaning is a uh, time traveler is he yeah oh he he did predict to the trump president he's predicted no less than like two dozen different crazy things ultra specifically on the simpsons now obviously they have a host of writers but google uh matt groaning uh time traveler and there are videos that show crazy similarities of things that he he put out on the simpsons that came out exactly the way that he did it yeah, even like yeah. trump like coming down the escalator and waving at and the waving exact same time yeah, it's you, crazy. you have to you have to see it. it's very interesting there's like yeah. a, a picture of a thing it's like it's got the two towers in the dis, in the distance and it's like nine uh, eleven for the two towers. it's very very interesting stuff wow. let's talk about the mandela effect now for a while how about that <laughs> i was going to talk about the two martys well, the rumor at the beginning of back to the future when uh you know Doc is escaping from the Libyans. If you look in the distance, uh, you can see the first, the second Marty appearing uh, because that's what happens later in the movie when he comes up to stop it all from happening. Uh, Sorry, I'm spoiling (laughs) Back to the Future. Speaking of of Libyans, Libyans. you know what Skid and I discovered yesterday? What? That in one of Matthew Perry's very early TV roles, Second Chance. Uh, <laughs> I was a fan of the show. What are you guys we were talking, talking about? about? We're talking about Matthew Perry. Yeah. <laughs> but Sk- Skid was a fan, and I Wikipedia'd it, and I discovered that the show predicted the death of Muammar Gaddafi by like three months. Really? Within three months. Within yeah. three months. Within like three months. Son of a gun. You yeah. should read the book Super Forecasting because I'm, that's, that's very interesting on this subject, but it also disproves your thing that you believe in time traveling, Troy. Well, well, then I won't read it. <laughs> I'd rather live in ignorance than learn. And be right. <laughs> learn I was wrong about anything. <laughs> in fact, I'll make a note. Don't read that. <laughs> I wrote it down in my diary. <laughs> well, we had a bit of a humdinger last week. Uh, we saw a little glimpse, and by we, the audience, obviously, the people behind the fourth wall, a little glimpse into a moment from Dax's past. Uh, his checkered past, as mm-hmm. it were. We saw a little bit of that in episode one, and now we're getting another glimpse. And it tied in to um, what would eventually be a meeting with Astral Extractions. But before that, you got a, 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 a polite invitation from an undead Alibrian to go to the Yoxian Embassy and meet with Gevelask Noor. 
uh, a big wig, big time diplomat in the Pact Worlds, who is acting as a mediator between Astral Extractions and Hard Scrabble Collective to figure out who is the rightful owner of the Acreon and the Drift Rock, more so the Drift Rock, uh, but more importantly, what the hell happened out there? Because there's just so much red tape to go through and a lot of fighting between the two factions who say, no, my contract says this, my contract says that. They need a, a neutral third party to go out there. And, well, first of all, let's figure out what happened out there before we start figuring out ownership. So Gevelask Noor tasks you with this and you guys are down. Not without asking, but how much? <laughs> How much well, are we going to get? Yeah, 1,100 yeah, credits. Yeah, 1,100. Originally, legit. 600 credits each, but then he's like, listen, while you're out there. Well, he just mentions that they have their own interest in some property. Right. He has personal interest in some property that was on that ship being returned. And then when Shun questions him further about it, like, give me some more details on this. He's like, I'll tell you what. It's nothing illegal. Don't worry about the details, but I'll give you an extra 500 creds each. each. Crazy. That's a lot of money. So it's not a bad definitely deal. definitely illegal. And it usually yeah. means, you know, <laughs> don't ask any more questions. Exactly. Right. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair deal. We're looking at 11 Hondo creds each. Yeah. If I mean, you go there, figure out what's going on. And bring back this cargo without asking any questions. I want to buy so many weapons. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's I get mean, to work. Hear, we've heard this tale a thousand times before, right? Like labor dispute, neutral arbiter, undead. Needs to get, <laughs> get his weird skeleton ship off a ship drifting in the middle of space. It is almost cliche at this point. That old yarn. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing that we go back to that well so often. <laughs> but. Did he also give us a recording device in order to arbitrate afterwards that's floating around us now? Little robot to just <laughs> following you around. Which presumably came with us to Astral Extractions. Yep, yep. And me- she was quite aware of it. It wasn't hidden, um, but did not make any note of it. She just went on and gave you her presentation. Miss Joss, played by Nina Dobrev, just went on and on about how great Astral Extractions is, just letting you know that they are helping make the pack worlds a better place because of their involvement in everything. But really because of their really swell catering. Yes, they did have pretty amazing <laughs> catering. I mean, the shuttle alone that picked you up was quite uh, quite impressive. I've- I've been wondering since that recording device came up if there is any device that we as a crew can buy to independently record ourselves in case it gets altered in any way. I'd like to have our own independent recording. I, I don't think that's uh, that's certainly not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have a, a whole day today uh, to you're going to probably want to do some shopping before you leave tomorrow. So that might be something you want to get as well. Maybe it won't be a floating robot. Maybe you can right. afford something as fancy uh, as what the uh, diplomat has. But I'm sure you could bring on like a body. black box <laughs> for yourself. Body cams. Body cams. Body cams. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you leave Astral Extractions, a bolder future. A brighter tomorrow. <laughs> After their marketing presentation, you go outside and Dr. Friss, while talking about the delightful food that was offered at Astral Extractions with Kreska, sees out of the corner of his eye a tiny person running towards him at top speed. He puts his hand on his pistol, turns and looks, and it's a little dwarven child, a little girl, dressed like a like a vagabond, like an orphan. And she just opens her hand, hands you something. You recognize this device as some sort of, uh, like a burner phone, uh, communication device. There's a button on it. 
you press the button. As you press the button, the face of a man appears. And it just, it like lights up in your hand. Now, the transmission is all like blue light. So you can't tell too much about the actual appearance of this man, other than it looks like it's human. human. Yeah, human. But it's all blue lights, not in full color. Um, And the man is played by Steve Buscemi. Oh, Oh, good guy. And he says, uh, hello. If this message gets to you at the time I believe it will, you have no doubt just left Blue Rise Tower. I apologize for the lack of sushi and beautiful women and fancy treats. (laughs) My name is uh, Captain Otal Sarissi. I would like to invite you to visit my ship, the Dust Runner, out in the Armada. Whoa. I represent the Hard Scrabble Collective, and it would mean a lot to us if we could help you better understand what the collective stands for and our feelings about all that has transpired. And boom, it disappears. Okay. <laughs> wow. Did everyone else see this? Yeah. By the time you okay. lit it up, they caught maybe right. midway through the conversation. So it looks like there is yet another interesting party for this little dispute. Hmm. I am personally very interested in hearing what they have to say. Yeah, I'm agreed. A, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm a bit discouraged by the lack of snacks, but <laughs> I'm still <laughs> curious as to what he's got to say. Maybe he's, we should bring our own. I've got still got a lot in my cheek pouches. If you need, he did not. Any. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mac. Um, did did he uh, provide any transportation? Um, a Lamborghini? Uh, he did not offer a Lamborghini, but you would know that there are space ferries that uh, run hourly back and forth to the Armada. You could get there easily and back in no time. Oh, uh, so this would not be a situation where we waited the next day for our shuttle and then flew to his ship in the Armada. No, it's early afternoon. You could you could go any time. You could go do some shopping and then go out there, or you could go uh, right now and grab one of these ferries. Every They leave every hour on the hour and during rush hour even more frequently. Hold, uh, just uh, Why would we not just take our own ship there? That ship is not your ship. That ship so that belongs to Apple Specifically Station. is just to go right. to the, yeah, yeah. Acreon. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, cool your jets. <laughs> I just want to fly so bad. I just want to fly. Uh, uh, yeah, no, you'd have to take a ferry out there. What does it cost? What is the cost for a ferry? Uh, the ferry Armada? would be, uh, you know, 10 credits. Man. Okay. It's very wow, good. that's expensive. That's expensive. So expensive. That's like uh, half a disguise kit. <laughs> <laughs> 20 credits. No. Oh, uh, yeah, 10, 10 credits mm-hmm. back and forth, 10 credits each. Well, Dax would personally like to take care of some shopping before we leave the station on a ferry and go out into uh, into space. Sure. I mean, there are plenty of shops near where, you know, where you would take the ferry as well. Would all of you be okay with a slightly later meeting time for the Hardscrabble Collective? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine with me. I've still got, I've got a lot to buy some more bullets. <clears throat> uh, all right, so we want to like go our separate ways and do a little shopping. Split the party. Run some errands. Yeah, run some errands. Let's talk about what you guys want to buy. You know, we don't have to role play this all out, but I'm curious now. You've got your, you've got uh, some money burning a hole in your pockets, in your collective pockets. What are you guys interested in buying uh, specifically? Anybody want to jump right in and say, "I want this"? Well, a quick uh, just question for yes. everyone listening: um, Is the merchant? Uh, 
principle around selling the same where you sell for half the value for items you've picked up? Because I'd like to sell the S-Tech suit we picked up. Uh, it's not half. It is 10%. You can only sell an item for 10% of its... Well, are we selling these things at GameStop? S- sale is this like a, a trading in our <laughs> newly bought games? Uh, apparently you have to, yeah, you have to be a member. Then you get 6%. <laughs> and a shitty magazine every month. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, only 10%. Yeah. What a rip. Yeah, what a rip. So everyone oh, gets 4.1 credit. Well, no. Four. <laughs> everyone gets... Uh, eight, uh, Eight credits from that Aztec suit. We'll round down the one. So add so almost, eight credits. Almost get tickets from that shuttle. Yep. Right, right. Jesus, we sold a, a functional piece of armor and got back less than a ferry ticket. It's incredible. <laughs> it's not right. Uh, all right, so you want to sell some stuff? Sure. You're not getting a whole lot for it. I'm, I want to talk about buying. What, Kreska, do you want to get anything good to beef yourself up? Not yet. Kreska could use that payday. Uh, Kreska wants to get a little bit, a, uh, some armor that she can wear. Ah. She yes. got that nice ceremony of plate armor from the vest whose head she exploded, but right. I'm not proficient in that armor yet. Mm, mm, mm. Mystics, what are they proficient in? Light and medium? Uh, just light. Just light. Oof. Okay. Uh, I can take a feat, but I got to wait till we level up. Dr. Friss, you want to get some bullets, some ammunition? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'd like to save up to get some more more advanced medical equipment. But And at the moment, all I can get is the bullets for my gun. Okay. Always That's the good. only kind of injections I'll be administering for a while. <laughs> Always good to have extra ammunition. You never know uh, when you're going to wish you had one more bullet. Uh, Mac, mm-hmm. what do you want to buy? You, you're flush with cash. Well, exactly, and I think she's going to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, you hoarder. Uh, well, yeah. well, she has a huge family to, to take care of. That's true. Um, so she has to send that, them some money. Uh, but I also already have, like, I don't have... I'm, she's not really a fighter, so she doesn't. She only has a rifle, and mm-hmm. I already have batteries. But I was thinking, <laughs> you can get a makeup kit here and fine art. So I'm wondering if I should. <laughs> <laughs> buy, like, Good to a, see Max priorities are straight. <laughs> we get like a hang in there poster. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I, I have to get this before the meeting with Hardscrabble. <laughs> some fine art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't live without it. But I, I mean, honestly, if if any of um, any of you guys need to borrow some money to buy something cool, that for example terrible like, idea terrible idea oh, I would never give anyone any money stop it never <laughs> go give, on Ellie. don't do it you're never gonna <laughs> get a payback oh no <laughs> you'll never see that money again no don't do it just keep it to yourself please well <laughs> Mac has her way of getting her money back yeah that's that's your line to yourself sweetheart let's keep on going <laughs> so, Mac money back old Mac money back uh, actually you know what Kreska is going to buy a serum of healing mark one ah you guys found a couple of those in Perani Nadaz's lair never so. mind well, <laughs> you, you can never have too many of those, I don't think. Uh, How much are they? 50 credits. Oh. JoJo, what are you getting uh, for Dax? Uh, Dax is feeling very uncomfortable with the whole situation since the interaction with Astral Extractions. Yeah. He is completely creeped out by what's going on there. He has never seen that level of opulence and stuff like that. He's like, this is what's going on behind the scenes while all these guys are mining asteroids and like pretty terrible conditions and stuff mm-hmm. and so it, it, just the fact that they specifically invited him there he was expecting to be addressed you know some sort of situation to be addressed from what happened when he fled and he's like 
he's just totally weirded out. So he thinks maybe they're waiting for him to get off station for something to happen. So he's actually going to spend his money on two things. First, he's going to get a quick release sheath. Mm. For you found the, one of those. A sheath, a sheath? Yeah, you guys found a quick-release sheath in uh, Ferenian Nadaz's lair, I believe. Well, I mean, it's an installed armor upgrade, so like, how do you install a... that? I, I don't think... That... I don't have it written down. Yeah, I don't think we found that. Yes, you definitely found one. It was in that back room that you found the key card on Ferenian Nadaz. You opened up the room, and you found a quick-release sheath armor upgrade. But, I mean, but it's not exactly like a gun. Like, you have to get it installed. You know what I mean? So, like... Sure. So I don't know. But you if that have costs the anything I could yeah, yeah. do it so, for you. I could install it for you at, at cost plus labor. <laughs> Doctor Friss, would you be so kind as to install this in my leg? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, <Can I> watch. <laughs> yeah, so he basically <laughs> opens okay. up Dax's leg oh, and installs oh, this sheath in it, so that the gun, the uh, the the handgun that he got that he got from Ferrani Nadaz as well, the pistol. Or the um, laser pistol goes into like his skin basically, and then Doctor Friss, with his master workmanship, I can imagine, yeah. seals it up so you don't even see it. But yeah. then it could pop out of his leg and as a swift action, so it, like, draw the weapon. Pops open and shoots out of your leg. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, the gun. Yeah. So, all right, there you go, clink clank. Now just give it a couple of tests. If it needs to be, you know, oiled up or anything, you just let me know. I can't. So you let me do that. Don't be like wills it to open up and it, it shoots open. Like yeah. there's the gun. Pretty cool. That's, uh, cool. that's a that's an Android racial ability that yeah. you can install one armor upgrade in your body. In your body, yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty <laughs> sweet. Uh, and then he's just going to spend. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, Troy. You tell me in, in, in terms of credits, but he's a little creeped out and wants to change his appearance a little bit. Oh. So he wants to go to like. Like a, a place where they do like haircuts and stuff like that, and he wants to shave his head and okay. just start to change and, and buy some new clothes and just kind of change his appearance a little bit. Did you want to wear the hollow skin? Uh, the hollow skin. Um, what does that do again? You don't wear the hollow skin. It's a projector you mount to your uh, to your belt or an arm strap, and you can program it uh, using the disguise skill to a different oh. appearance. Oh. Ah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, well, he doesn't have the disguise skill. So, I mean, look, this is Dax going by mundane means, doing things that are not terribly impressive. You know, he's just trying. Like, he, he doesn't really know exactly how to do it, but he's just trying to, to change his appearance somewhat. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a different look for For about him. five credits, you can get a haircut and some new mundane clothes. Great, yeah. great. All right, so what I'll kind of haircut do you get? Cheaper than the fairy again. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna shave his head, but he's actually gonna leave kind of a, a strip in the middle because he has like very like nicely parted like uh, so he's going full corporate Mr. strict T. hair. So yeah, he's going like yeah mohawk Mister T. Okay, okay, uh, mohawk down the earring. middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No earring yet. No piercings yet. <clears throat> yet. Now here's a question for you: um, With the exception of Dax, can anyone else breathe in the vacuum of space? So, okay, actually. Yeah, that's our, any armor that we have functions as a spacesuit. Okay, really? The armor protects you against <laughs> low levels of radiation. Yeah, ar- it, looks, it looks like armor just does that. Unless yeah. otherwise specified, all armors protect you from a range of hazards to ensure that you can survive for at least a few days if you must make emergency repairs to so the, the hull of a starship. Yeah, yeah, explore. Um, but it's all based on the level of the armor. We should all be wearing level one armor. Look a like suit of armor's environmental protections lasts for a number of days equal to its item level. Yeah, so we can each survive for a day in un- 
unhospitable conditions. It's crazy. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. All right. So okay. Mac, Mac is actually going to buy um, some some clothing uh, in case, you know, in case we get invited to a party again. And uh, some cherry. And then also I'm going to upgrade my... <laughs> Some cherry. It's a jar of maraschino cherries. <laughs> well, you know, a long trip. Something for the ride. She really um, likes cherries. <laughs> uh, and then I am, um, yeah, I think, actually, I was looking at upgrades for the second skin. She has, She's wearing the second skin armor right now, mm-hmm. which provides, uh, right, that provides the space, uh, space armor, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, actually, I'm not going to buy anything more than Meishan, did you want anything? Meishan, well, A, uh, since we never really split up the, the loot we got from previous episodes, Meishan, if no one has any issues with it, is going to take one of the incendiary grenades we picked up to be able to throw later. Um, she's really looking closely at this uh, this armor, um, this Kasatha Microcord 1, but it's not a big enough upgrade, so she's going to save up to get the carbon skin graphite and pick up a smoke grenade in case we need some quick... Concealment. Ah, there you go. Good mm. thinking. All right. All right. Um, and so that's that's all my shun's going to buy. She's saving up for a big shopping day. What ah. was the uh, p- what was the pistol we found? Azim- there was an azimuth laser pistol. Yeah, Dax took an azimuth laser pistol. Okay. There was also a tactical semi-automatic pistol. Uh, that's what I have already. So we can, can I- sell that if we want to. I can. I mean, let's just hang on to it. Yeah, we can yeah. hang on to it. So she, it doesn't even. There's no actual economic boon to selling things. That's now. true. Yeah. Well, we could get two. I'm happy to six credits. I'm happy yeah. to hold on to one in case we come across an enemy that has a really strong energy armor class. Yeah, or resistance so to fire. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'll hold on to that. What What was it again, Matthew? Sorry about that. A tactical semi-automatic pistol. Awesome. Cool. All right. So you do a little shopping. Dax gets a haircut and some fancy new clothes. <laughs> new clothes. Mac buys a jar of maraschino cherries. <laughs> uh, and you make your way, I'm assuming, to hit up this ferry. To the ferry. Right. Make sure you mark the 10 credits that you spent for so the two round credits trip. Each. <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> credits each. <laughs> round trip to the, uh, the uh, Armada. You're meeting up with Captain Otal Sarissi and his ship, the Dust Runner. So you get on this shuttle, uh, this little ferry, and it's takes you <laughs> off the dock. And it's funny because you just a couple days ago, this is uh, this is day five now, uh, but just five days ago you were taking uh, a shuttle on to Absalom Station, coming from wherever you were coming, and now you are taking a shuttle off, but not too far, just to the Armada. And is this not where? Or in the vicinity of where the Acreon is, I thought it was like being held in the the the, the Armada, like in that range. To your knowledge, it's being held in a uh, private location, a secret location, just outside of the Armada. So even farther than the Armada. Yes. Ring. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, so the shuttle uh, has a bunch of different stops. Eventually, you stop at a place where he tells you, or the coordinates are sent to you, or whatever, and you make your way to the Dust Runner. You <laughs> see it in the distance. Uh, it is a working tramp freighter. Um, pretty practical looking, utilitarian. Utilitarian, nothing fancy. Uh, very little in the way of luxury, and uh, as you board, you see very little in the way of comfort as well. Uh, but 
Steve Buscemi, <laughs> greets you with open arms, uh, and you can tell that he loves this ship. This is this is his home, and it's also his livelihood. This ship uh, probably has more stories than all five of you put together on the <laughs> runs that Otel Sarisi has gone on on this ship. Uh, he greets you all, and he takes you on a tour of the ship. And, I mean, it's not fancy at all. It's not a very long tour, uh, but you see just like... Uh, you know, patches in the ship where probably something came blasting through and they had to patch it from the inside. <laughs> right. Like, how could this guy have survived that starfight or this or that? Um, you know, relics and mementos from planets far, far away. Some you recognize, some you don't. Uh, and this guy, uh, Dr. Friss, you notice uh, he is a red-skinned human uh, from Akiton. Um, I don't oh, know how yeah. that sits with you, um, but he is uh, an Akitonian. Yeah. Um, Eventually, he sits you down in the uh, the galley and offers you all a, a cup of hot black coffee from a metal pot that's just sitting in the middle of the table. After he pours a cup for himself, uh, he offers a, a cup to you. Do any of you drink the hot black coffee? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. You got a long day ahead of you, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's no, already been a long day. It's already been a long day. <laughs> no donkeys, but. Yeah, it's no dunks, <laughs> uh, but it gets the job done. <laughs> He basically says to you, the, 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 you have to understand, um, you know, because he was talking pleasantries the whole time during mm-hmm. the tour. And he's just like, you know, I appreciate you guys coming out here. You know, I'm sure I know. I know you've got a lot going on. Um, you have to understand that the fate of the Acreon and especially its crew, the Acreon is one thing, but the, the, the crew is what is so vitally important to us, to the Hard Scrabble Collective. You must know that. We as a collective, our members, we're not, we're not rich. Most of us just scratch out whatever meager livings we can from the rocks of the diaspora. So the occasional corporate contract, like the Acreon's contract with Astral Extractions, is an opportunity few of us have. It is a luxury we cannot refuse. But the collective, at the same time, values its independence and freedom greatly. And it constantly struggles against exploitation and even takeovers at the hands of these would-be corporate overlords. It's very clear that the crew of the Acreon staked their own claim to this drift rock, believing that the terms of their contract allowed them to do so. As he's saying this, like, it should be no surprise to any of you that the Hard Scrabble Collective would be suspicious of Astral Extraction's attempts to lay sole claim to the Acreon and the Drift Dock, knowing what you know and following the mysterious circumstances of your arrival mm-hmm. to Absalom Station, caught in a firefight just at the exact same time. So mm-hmm. he's speaking, he's not speaking anything that you don't already know. He goes on, he's like, the members of the Hard Scrabble Collective call themselves a clan, and they mean it. Once you join, your family. This isn't a job anymore. You are part of something larger. Members look out for each other, defend each other, and care for each other. The collective doesn't know. We, we don't know what value, if any, this drift rock might have. But they know the worth of their brothers and sisters on the Acreon. We need to know what happened to that crew. As any family would need to know the fate of their loved ones. I'm sure all of you, without knowing anything about you, can understand that. And if the worst has happened, 
then perhaps whatever wealth the Drift Rock holds can help ease the loss of the families left behind. I mean, there are problems that can, can be solved with money. There are problems that cannot. It's not like, oh, your family's dead. We'll sell the Drift Rock and make everything all right. But it might help a little bit to have all of that taken away. This is all they really care about. We're not disputing Astral Extraction's contract with the Acreon. We're happy to turn all the files, all the findings from the ship's prospecting mission over to the company. But the ship and the claim its crew staked on the Drift Rock, in my eyes and in the eyes of all my brothers and sisters, it belongs to the collective. And he just kind of grabs his coffee and sips it leaving room for you to speak if you so choose I'd like to offer on behalf of all of us my condolences for the loss of Durvor Creel I know he advocated for you and had family and friends amongst your numbers and it saddened me to see him die like that as soon as I met him I thank you Creel was a hell of a guy a hell of a guy Ah, we have stories going back how old are you? Let me check my bio. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any bottle caps? I want them back. <laughs> no, I, I'm 20. <laughs> we got stories going back twice your age. He was a good man, and it's just, it's tragic. And listen, I'm not going to point any fingers, but it's just a little shady business that he goes down right in the middle of all of this. He was no stranger to the war between, you know, independent contractors and these corporations. He was outspoken. But for him to go down like that, it's, it's a real shame. What is the value that Astral Extractions ties to the Drift Rock? Why do they want it so badly? I wish I knew. Part of me thinks they want it just because they know we want it more. But... I don't know. I don't know. Something about them just makes me sick. I'm glad to be out here in the Armada and not on Absalom Station because I feel like they got their fingers in everything out there. Why do they want it? Maybe they know something that we don't. And that's not why we want it. We're not, we're not uh, doing anything uh, shady here. We're not thinking like we want that drift rock because maybe there is something great. We just think that this is an opportunity that our crew, that our brothers and sisters, they knew something. And they think that this was worth something. And they wanted to bring it back to all of us. So we want it back. What it has on it, who knows? The problem is, when you got all these people fighting for it, it gives it even more worth. Have you got any legal representation at all? Because, I mean, of course we're going to try to f find out the truth about this whole thing. But in terms of the contracts, in terms of... The legality of everything. We, you have astral extractions against you. Yeah, of course. You know, and I'm not a lawyer. We don't have legal representatives really out here. We just fight for ourselves. We interpret the contract one way. They interpret it another. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, this this opportunity by the ambassador of Eox to send out a neutral third party. This is the closest we've come to actually being able to uh, come to some sort of harmonious understanding and agreement on how we're going to settle this. Um, but, you know, between you and me, I would be very, very careful. I don't trust anyone 
You could trust me, but even me saying that, who knows? Who knows? Did you know any of the crew on the Aquion? I did. What can you tell us about them? They were hard-working people. They had families. Families that are still holding out hope that they'll return. You know, what do you tell them? What do you tell these families? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they got caught out in the drift and they'll come back someday. I don't know. That's why, like, as much as we want to bring that drift rock home, we just want to know what happened to our friends. The families want to know what happened to these people. I mean, if I had a choice, and there might be people on the in the collective that don't agree with me, but if I had the choice between bringing that drift rock home and just having more information, I'd take the information seven times out of ten. <laughs> very honest specific number uh, is there any possibility that these people any of the crew are still alive do we know anything about the fate of the crew at all from what I understand there was no communication I don't know what access people have had to the ship have the stewards gone on there and looked they haven't told us have they sent other neutral third parties out there? We don't know. We don't know information. The only thing we know is no crew, no communication. I hope, I hope that they're still alive, but it just, something doesn't seem right. How do you just not communicate? They're not quarantined that far away. They could reach, their sensors could reach Absalom Station. They could send out a distress signal, something. How does a crew just disappear? It doesn't make sense. Basa. Well, I think you're on to something. There's something about this that does not smell right. But Are you've you? got, and I, I sympathize with your position, but you've got to also understand where we're coming from because we are, right now, we are caught in the middle of a lot of powerful, interested parties. And I want to minimize the risk to myself. And to a lesser extent, the people, other people here in this room. <laughs> I appreciate that, Doctor. I can understand that. I listen, we're as much as we're a family here, we still have to look out for ourselves as much as we look out for everybody else. So I, I, I get that. You know, I, I would love to say that you're uh, you're safely going to investigate something with no shady business whatsoever, but I can't tell you that. Alright. Do you know anything about the ship that would be helpful helpful to us? Acreon, it's it's seen better days, but uh you know, it's 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 been around for a while. It should fly well. What's our make and model of the ship? Hold on, one second. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all your bottle. Pe- Give me all your bottle caps, Troy. Oh, all your bottle caps. It's not like he forgot his own birthday. Right. <laughs> That's a totally different scale. I, I, I forgot if I said it at twenty-one or twenty, and then I thought it'd be twenty because if I did drink, it'd be real edgy. <laughs> it's such a. I also enjoyed how I asked you about the crew and you subtly redirected so you didn't have to name any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I knew them all. John and Steve. Close close friends. Suzette. The families. Families, man. Families are tough. Why is doing that? Why, um, I've forgotten, why does Astral Extractions uh, have a claim on the, if the Acreon is part of the Heartscrabble Collective, why why would they have a claim? Because Astral Extractions hired the Heartscrabble Collective. Okay. So so when they hire them, the idea on right. the contract is anything that you find is 
we right. thereby immediately. So why own. are so then Hardscrabble Collective unfortunately doesn't have a claim, right? No, they have no claim. Sure, they, I mean they could have said we pulled this in, not we weren't right, working, but, we weren't on the clock. But since the, the crew presumably died, they are kind of thinking it the contract changed, maybe, or is that their cl- maybe? I don't. Th- their claim has no legal weight in my I ca- opinion. I came so close like. to taking profession lawyer for a skill. <laughs> and I wish I had now because I'd love to look over this contract. We like to read the yeah. contract. Basically, they said they hired the Acreon to go out there and look for stuff. The Acreon found something that they think was not included as part of the contract. Whereas Astro Extraction is like, no, no, no. This is exactly what we hired you for. You found it's exactly part of the contract. It's exactly yeah. part of the contract. Right. Um, but they're like we. We weren't mining, or we weren't, really we weren't actively right, on duty. Right, that wasn't part yeah. of the job. So it's every it's a very equal claim that they have, but um, it's a uh, it's a uh, a medium sized ship, a transport ship. It can hold a, a crew of about six. Hmm. Ah, okay. And it had the full complement the time it left. It did. It did. All right. Did you know the ambassador of Eox had personal property on the ship, on the Acreon? I didn't. No. That's what he told us, Bassa. There was no communication of that nature from the crew. No, no, no. I mean, they haul cargo. All of us do a little double duty here and here and there. Uh, was it from Eox? It's a great idea. Sense motive. Nope. Nope. 16 cents motive from Dax. Who is rarely going to roll higher than that? Fifteen for <laughs> fifteen for Kreska. I actually got twelve. Oh, <gasps> oh no, Mac! Oh, no, no, you blew Mac. it. He's—I mean, as far as you know, he seems genuinely surprised, but also like not surprised. Only surprised in that. What were they doing hauling cargo from Eox? If it was from Eox, mm. um, well, that—I mean—that maybe explains why the ambassador of Eox would want to get involved. Uh, in such a capacity. I was curious I why he would want to volunteer if it is something like this. Yeah. And I mean, it did help uh, to explain that. It but. does. It, that does add up. I mean, uh, it, I was, uh, when I heard that someone wanted to, uh, you know, get involved, I was excited that I didn't think too much about it. And I certainly didn't have this information. I don't know. I mean, the ambassador, I don't know what you know of him, but he's kind of a big deal. That doesn't mean he's not involved in any, uh, you know, underhanded stuff, but. You know, I, I, be careful. That's all I can say. Are you at all concerned about being able to provide for the members of the Hard Scrabble Collective without the business of astral extractions? Has this strained your business ties? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Once this is all taken care of, it'll be maybe weeks, maybe months, and we'll be taking contracts again from them. Well, I personally, well, the families of these people. Maybe not, but it's inevitable that if you want to get good jobs, you're going to have to deal with companies like this. That's the world we live in. What position do you have in the Hard Scrabble Collective? Why are we talking to you? I'm like an unofficial spokesman for the Collective in many ways. Uh, I've been with the Collective for a long time. They trust me to speak on their behalf. That is why I reached out to you when I heard that you would be the ones sent out there. Starfinders, am I right? Newly appointed Starfinders? Yes, yes that is accurate. Yes. I mean, I've had 
good experiences with Starfinders. I've had bad experiences with Starfinders, but uh, I'm hoping for the best. And would you be able to provide a manifest of the cargo to us before we get there so we could be aware? I know that they do double duty and may have picked up additional things beforehand, but is that something the collective has access to? If you had asked me two weeks ago, I could have told you everything. All that stuff is locked now behind a firewall. Multiple firewalls. When As long as this is under investigation, you're going to know everything the second you get out there. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had more information. Uh, well, I will tell you we will try to administer aid to if there are any survivors we will do what we can to help them uh, on the condition that you reimburse us for our uh, shuttle fees coming here <laughs> we each had to spend I hope you all kept receipts because we had to spend 10 credits of our own money to come out here on a conversation that quite honestly could have been handled over a comlink <laughs> um, Mac is like trying to save the situation by oh I'm what my beautiful little mouse friend here is trying to say is that um, you could have provided catering. Is all I'm going to say. It's that uh, we we um, we will do anything we can to figure out the situation and hopefully be able to provide with you with some answers. Um, but yes, uh, payment for our travel would be helpful. And she rolls a twenty on diplomacy. Uh, wow. Well, I. Uh Okay, I uh, wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I wasn't expecting you to shake me down for 10 credits. <laughs> and he goes over. 50 credits. He, yeah. Oh, it was 10 each? Yeah. 10 each, 10 each, yeah. Oh, that is steep. That's a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. I thought it was That's two each. And round trip, please. That'd be really wonderful. That was round trip. That was round trip. Okay. That was yeah. round trip. Uh, he goes over to Dr. Friss and says, here, here, I, I want you to have this. Clearly, it's more important to you than it is to me and uh, and you as well uh, d- do others of you want that money back <laughs> <laughs> what an awkward question Dax freezes has no idea how to handle this sort of social situation Kreska sends a telepathic message that says yes please <laughs> um, here it, it, you, you know what just all of you take it I'm I'm sorry that it was such an inconvenience I just thought that this was a message that was better delivered in person uh, no that's fine I'm just saying that it's 10 credits that we're out now Dax uh, is gonna walk each up of us. Dax is gonna walk back up hand the crit stick back <laughs> to the guy I don't want this he hands it to him and he just says I am no friend of astral extractions. I'm on your side. Like kind of unabashedly like not doing the third party, neutral third party thing. <laughs> and just flat out telling him he's on his side. He takes the cred stick back and just nods. He's like, well, good luck <laughs> on your investigation. I, I, you know, I, I, I wish you the best and I, I beg you to find out what happened to the crew. If any of you had family on that ship, I'm sure you'd want to know what happened as well. Safe journey back. Safe journey there. And as they leave, Meishun doesn't want to share this with anyone, but for the for the audience listening, her father <laughs> was a was a miner on Alendre, the moon of Castravel. So she has 
a sympathy built in towards miners and uh, she gives the secret miner handshake with the cred stick back in his hand the international intergalactic oh. miners handshake that she the, fold the cred stick up into a little yeah, tight triangle a little tight triangle <laughs> And there's a little bag of marijuana as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mac is a, way, for the listeners out there, Mac is way more cynical than uh, Dax and Meishan. So she's more like, I've heard this sort of victim, teary-eyed bullshit before. And, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. and like, if you sign a contract, then you better stick to the contract. It's more her sense. But she's not going to reveal any of that to this, this poor man who's actually sure. probably very sad. Yeah. But um, for her, this is more like with like what Fritz said, like a waste of. They didn't really learn anything new. Yeah, it was just a waste it's of also ten credits. <laughs> the sort of thing you don't want to give people a guilt trip for a ten credits when they're going to be risking their lives to save your friends. That's, right. that's, that's just that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I was raised. Uh, you Akatonian, like this guy. I'm sure he knows what I'm talking about. That's how we do our Akaton. Uh, this was just a. An excuse to get some face time with the collective, since we already did that with astral extractions. Right? Maybe he felt uh, jealous of uh, <laughs> your opportunity to see Miss Joss in person. A very important thing, though. How come everyone knows what we're doing all and where we are all the time? Like, I am very concerned about that as the player. So, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't seen Roger Glipglop like mention it on the nightly <laughs> yeah. news. <laughs> you are on Glipglop. <laughs> It's <laughs> huge for your career. So you, uh, you know, he, he he thanks you for your time and sends you back out, and you take a shuttle back to Absalom Station. Um, and you know, it's getting to be closer to the end of the day. Uh, Ooh, what a long day! Ambassador yeah. Nor has how know, long a trip is that? Uh, it's about uh, 45 minutes, but a lot of it is just like waiting. And, you know, the trip itself is probably 15 minutes. Going through security. Yeah, going through security. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I see you all have <laughs> handguns. <laughs> right this way. Is that an artillery laser? <laughs> You're okay. clear. You're non-smoking. Uh, so are you, you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> you get back and like, is there any other business you want to attend to? Because uh, Nor assumes that you will be going to uh, the shuttle in the morning. Yeah, I'm. I did my shopping. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm. Just, I think I'm good. I want to get this done as quickly as possible. Yeah, sure. agreed. I think I'm done. He wants to rest up and and get this show on the road. Yep. All right, and you wake up on the morning of day six, and you make your way back to the docks. Not uh, you know, dock ninety four, but maybe on your way to where uh, Nor directed you. You go past the docks and you think back to your first day arriving on Absalom Station and the firefight that broke out in front of you and the death of this man that could have been a a mentor to you, could have been a a real uh, positive force in your life or someone important for years to come. Never even got a chance to see him face to face as he was shot dead and now you know assassinated (sighs) for specific reasons in Hmm. front of you. You get to the dock that uh, Nor uh, sent you to, and as promised, he has procured a ship for you. It's a shuttle. You see written on the side, it says, Hippocampus. (laughs) (laughs) That's so (laughs) Eoxia. It's waiting for you in a private docking bay. Hippocampus. There is a... Zombies uh, do love brains. (laughs) Like a, a, a grease monkey. 
working on the ship as you approach, just like putting the uh, finishing touches on it. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, and awesome. he's busy at work. What do you guys do? Uh, well, Dr. Friss, now he turns to the crocodile and says, hey, crocodile, you want to take a closer look? Let's get, get a look at this bucket of bolts that we're all working with. Sounds like fun. Mm. Yeah, Kreska loves. She she really appreciates the chance to like get inside machinery. Yeah, she uh, it was one of the ways she kept herself sane over, over those sixteen years. And Friss really wants to kick the tires. So as you come up and uh, kick the tires and uh, you know rub your hand over the ship, flush the toilets. Yeah. Uh, before you even get inside, uh, this guy slides out and looks at you, and he is the size of a normal human, but he has uh, one eye like a cyclops. Whoa. Nice. What? Wait, like he's he's missing an eye, or he is nope, naturally he in the one middle eye of his forehead. in the middle of his forehead, Whoa. like a cyclops, but he's you know the size of a human, of a human, of a human, of a, oh my God. Of a human. What species is that? Four hundred feet tall of a humidor. <laughs> I've heard of these mythical humans. Humans, humans. <laughs> it's a human attack. <laughs> Can I make a life science check to identify his race? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this it wouldn't again wouldn't be out of the ordinary to you to see a guy like this. Uh, maybe it was a cosmetic choice on his part, or maybe uh, his mom had sex with the Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not a regressive gene, I guess. <laughs> That's the dominant gene. Uh, well, what's going on here? You, are you the crew of this ship? So they say. Well, well, well what's your name there, Lizzie Lady? <laughs> <laughs> I am unnamed. No one knows me. It's a long story. And then the Kreska just kind of looks back at the ship. Uh, what about you now, little girl? What's your name? <laughs> I'd prefer you not call me little girl, but you may call me Mayshun. What is your name? Mayshun, Mayshun, my name is Laszlo Cunningham. Laszlo. <laughs> they call me Laszlo Two Eyes, they do. <laughs> really? Clever. Yep. Laszlo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Laszlo, we are, we are the uh, assigned crew for this ship. Ship. Oh, my name is Mac McDonovan. McDonovan, welcome, welcome. And then what about you there, metalhead? He steps up. He's like, my name's Dax, and he kind of awkwardly and stiffly puts out a hand to shake his his hand. He grabs it and he's got like, this greasy palm of like uh, engine fuel and yeah. all coolant on his hand. And he shakes, shakes his hand. He's like, how does she fly? Oh, she flies like a dream. You got the pick of the litter. Is this your little pet over here? What is this little guy? Uh, Friss, like, spits a half-digested piece of sushi onto the deck. (laughs) (laughs) From yesterday. From yesterday. Ah, he tuned it just. (laughs) (laughs) You can't call me doctor if you're going to talk to me at all. Oh, doctor? Doctor? Doctor what? (laughs) (laughs) He almost guessed it. Doctor? Dr. Fred. Dr. Watts, yeah. That's my name. Dr. Watts. Dr. Watts. Well, you've got quite a crew here. Uh, this here, this. And he rubs his hand on the ship like he like he thinks he owns it. And he just upgraded it for you. He's like, this is the hippocampus. Oh. It was originally a, a Ringworks Wanderer model, but it has been heavily modified for station security use. Normally, this just ferries passengers and cargo between Absalom Station and then visiting ships that are either too big to dock directly with the station or prefer to remain among the ships of the Armada. But today, it is tricked out. 
Your buddy, the uh, the Alibrian, has given me specific instructions to modify it for your expedition with upgraded armor, defenses, shields, power core, sensors, and the addition of a turret-mounted coil gun. And you know how to work a coil gun? I am familiar with the operation of coil guns and other ship-mounted weaponry. <laughs> Looks like we got a gunner on board. Good, good, good. Who's, who's going to captain this ship? I am. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I just I figured I, I like to surround myself with the competent people, so uh, I think my place should be as a captain. If you, if you, the rest of you accept. Hey, you're the, hey. While this has been going on, Friss has crawled into the into the engine. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he like he ducks his head down like under the ship, and he's looking at. Why does she get to be the captain? Oh, no. <laughs> I think we should put this up to a vote. <laughs> I don't see why she's more qualified than like I am or the lizard or the blue bottle or, or a clink clank the tin soldier. No, I agree. Absolutely. Let's let's vote on it, shall we? Right. Who, who votes for Dr. Frizz? He throws his hands up. Kreska <laughs> raises, 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 oh, raises her, her hand. That's one for me. So two. Dax keeps his hands down. He He thinks that Mac is very impressive. I would prefer that your medical and scientific qualifications be put to a, a more sensible uh, use on the ship rather than being the captain. You would make an excellent science officer. Well, look, I haven't voted yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, but I, I do believe in democracy. So who, who would vote for me as the captain? Friss raises his hand. <laughs> Jax raises his hand. <laughs> and may shun. I would be willing to change my vote if you promise we can stock the galley. Stock the galley? I'm a bit hungry. Oh, absolutely. You I should know what that means as captain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, I'd like to change What's my vote. What's a galley? <laughs> I would oh, like no. to change my vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no, yeah. I, um, no, I, I know exactly what you I just wanted to make sure that you knew what you meant. <laughs> uh, the mark Smooth. of a good captain. Smooth, yeah. Good captain. Right. You ask how it flies. Are you the pilot there? Yes, I will be flying it uh, happily. So we got a pilot, we got a gunner, we got a captain. Uh, do you take her request there, Mass Man? You want to be the uh, science officer? Back off, man. I am a scientist. Doctor, yes. Doctor what? Yes, Doctor Watts, yes. So we got a science <laughs> officer, and that just leaves you, lizard lady, the unnamed. So what are you going to be on this ship? I tinker. Oh, a tinkerer. Well, every ship's crew needs a tinkerer. <laughs> We're having a good time. <laughs> well, I tell you, Ambassador Noor has no idea what you're going to deal with out there. So he's even had this thing outfitted with lifeboats, just in case. I'm surprised oh. he put them on there. Hopefully, you won't have to use them. And to be honest, don't use them. They're a pain in the ass to replace. <laughs> I'd rather have you die out there, to be honest. <laughs> I'm kidding! I'm kidding! But seriously, don't use them. <laughs> All right, so we got a pilot. Uh, Nora doesn't want to use any station employees for the skeleton crew to keep things neutral, whatever that means. So each of you will have your own job. Good, good. Now, I don't know what the job is, and frankly, I don't care if it's so secret. I don't want to know. And I don't know what Noor told you, but make no mistake, this ship, the Hippocampus, belongs to Absalom Station. He has arranged to borrow it 
for you, but it is not your ship to do with as you please, even you, Captain. <clears throat> and the station expects the ship to be returned in tip-top shape. We will definitely return it in tip-top shape. Uh... And that's a natural 20 on her blood. <laughs> I feel very confident in your response. All right, that's if there's no great. other questions, she's all yours. Oh, Dax, like, eagerly moves up the, I'm assuming, some sort of ramp into, <laughs> yeah, the, into the ship. Yeah, oh, he's so excited. Smoke coming out as the ramp comes down. Yeah, He hasn't flown in weeks. Oh, yeah. No, Mac, Mac follows Dax, and she... Smells the fresh air of the new ship. It's that new ship smell. Yeah. The new old, new certified pre-owned ship smell. That, that upgraded <laughs> ship smell. Uh, Fris stands at the base of the ram and says, Permission to come aboard, Captain. <laughs> Permission granted. And Fris skitters up the ramp, walks past her, like laughing. Like, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a long journey. He's rubbing his little paws together and he heads right for the computer station. Kreska would like to do a check. Uh, like, can she... Do a quick like strip down of the engine to make just to make sure everything's in working order. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead and roll a uh, engineering check. Seven. Uh, looks like it actually is not in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> we better stay another day. This thing won't fly. <laughs> <laughs> now you're looking and you're like, uh, man, this is this. I'm not familiar with this model. They, you know, a Ringworks Wanderer, but the upgrades they've made some changes to this. You're not 100 sure on. Mishan offers to give a second look, and it's just like leaning in behind Kreska, <laughs> and that was a correct eye. Rolls a 26. You're like, you fool! It's a beautiful ship. <laughs> it's ready to go. In fact, here are the statistics for this ship. You guys have your first uh, ship, so I'm going to hand you out uh, the statistics oh, nice. here. Nice. Um, you'll see it's an upgraded Ringworks Wanderer. Ringworks? What's Ringworks? Do you know? It's just a style of a ship. Okay. Um, and by the way, I think hippocampus in this context refers not to the part of the brain that governs memory. I believe it it is in reference to uh, an old Dungeons and Dragons monster that's half horse, half mermaid. Oh, really? Really? I believe so. Oh, throwback! You got to swim through space. A Ringworks Wanderer is one of the Ringworks' most uh, versatile designs. The Wanderer evolved out of early aerospace fighters and space planes and still maintains much of their sleek design. Many organizations and governments use a slimmed-down and armed-up version of the Wanderer, sometimes called a Star Wasp, for planetary defense or as a short-range fighter. This is like a classic... Packed world style ship. So cool. That's cool. So Ringworks is the manufacturer. Yeah, it's out of Verses. Ringworks Industries. Uh, oh, because the ring around the planet where everyone lives. Booyah. Oh, uh, that okay. is awesome. So it's a like, small shuttle. It lo- and it looks kind of like an F-22, so it's like a skunk works. It's pretty slick. It doesn't have like a, you know... Uh, like, Sheeran ships look like bugs. You know, Vesk ships look a certain way. This is like a straight-up, what you would think a spaceship looked like, that human, mostly humans would be. American. Missing. American. Yeah, American. <laughs> An American <laughs> spaceship. America. It is a cool-looking ship. It's, it's got, like, the forward-swept wings. and uh, What page are you on, Skid? It's on uh, 311. 
311 of the core rulebook. Um, in terms of stat-wise, it's, it's considered a small shuttle. This is a Tier 1 ship. In terms of the tier of the ship, you know, the tier factors into checks on the ship. Tier mm-hmm. 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 1 half and whatnot. You use that as a multiplier on a lot of the DCs of checks. It has a speed of 6. Perfect maneuverability, which allows it to turn. Ooh, nice. uh, have, if it has like a less than perfect maneuverability, you have to move a certain amount of squares before you get to turn the ship. But per- perfect maneuverability, you can spin in place and go exactly where you need to go. Uh, its base AC is 14. Its target lock AC for you know heat-seeking missiles is 14. But that will be changed by the piloting skills of your android pilot. It hu- has 35 hull points basically hit points but when a ship gets attacked it doesn't just take away from the hit points of the ship you have shields and this one has a basic 20 system of shields with five in the front five in the back five on port five on starboard five hp basically yes. five hit points yeah. right it acts as like a little bit of dr but once it's gone it's gone then you've got like we're gonna change we're gonna change the shields. shields are down rebalance the shields well they're more they're more like stamina points actually yeah yeah, yeah they are yeah totally and it's got a light laser cannon, the coil gun, obviously, uh, and uh, a bunch of other exciting But the things. light laser gun can only shoot, it looks like, straight in front. Light laser cannon. It's light laser forward cannon. Forward arc. Yeah. Forward arc, whereas a turret gun can fire in any arc. You know, if you get into space combat, this will become more important. I'm sure it will be fine. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you get in, Dax, you go to the cockpit. Uh, he, like, hops over the seat, jumps in, settles in. Mohawk. Yes, like cracks his knuckles. It just starts grabbing uh, controls, turning systems on. And it can feel that, like, you know, just, just immediately looking at some of the upgrades that it makes the maneuverability perfect and all that stuff. But he's just, like, giddy to, it, to fly this thing. Does it have a bridge? Like where? Oh, yeah. It's not a very large bridge. Um, you know, bigger than Millennium Falcon, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so you can, like, stand near Dax or strap yeah. yourself in. It's like right behind Dax. Behind yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's an engineering station. It's uh, like a cockpit-style bridge. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, look yeah. at the picture. Uh, there's an engineering station uh, in the back for uh, Kreska to go to, and there are numerous places for... Uh, uh, may shun to either control the guns via computer or to just jump in that turret like Han and Luke. And just, I am so excited! <laughs> and then, of course, uh. there's a little like uh, you know laboratory station for the science officer. Yeah, a little, a little one, really. A little, a little one, one, yeah. Had to. Yeah, a little one. <laughs> the hippocampus's thrusters take only a couple of minutes to warm up. <laughs> You hear over the uh, thing, all right, uh, Absalom traffic control gives you clearance for takeoff. And within seconds, (laughs) Dax guns it. Well, permission to take off, (laughs) Captain. Oh. Permission granted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And within seconds, you launch into space. No piloting check is needed. Your destination is not far (laughs) from Absalon Station, and the course has been pre-programmed into the shuttle's computer. He de-programs it and says... I'm going manual. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you turned off your targeting computer. <laughs> What's wrong? Is everything all right? Nothing. I'm all right. It's all right. Nothing. I'm all right. Uh, it looks like it should take less than two hours to reach the quarantine zone. And now you see on the sensors where the quarantine zone is. This is information not everyone has. Mm. Less than two hours away. That makes sense. Close enough to get to, you know, quickly, far enough away that, you know, Shady people aren't just going to go out there and uh, investigate on their own. 
Sorry. Something broke. <laughs> Damn. What are you doing back We've there? We've lost an engine. The fire, fire on the <laughs> Fire in the hole. <laughs> also, for the safety of the, of the station, before we figure out, or anyone knows what the drift rock does, if it, like, did something terrible to the station two hours away would probably keep it out of whatever danger that could cause yeah without knowing what the hell's going on there it's probably better to have it a little yeah, farther yeah. away and so as you pull out you get a, a really good view of the exterior of Absalom Station mm. and so you awesome. know you saw it when you came in on the Okimoto you saw it when you took that ferry that evidently expensive ferry uh, to the Armada um, but now the view that you have as you're like pulling out and the ship is turning it's beautiful I mean it's Hmm. a marvel how they could create something like this and to have it be such a focal point of the packed worlds. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. Uh, Mac is going to put her hand on Dax's shoulder and say, Dax, do you feel that? That's adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I believe I do. (laughs) Good, good. I knew she'd make a good captain. That's great. (laughs) Oh, man. You uh, turn further and you pass through the Armada. Now you are in control uh, to a certain degree. And as you drift past the Armada, you look back and just see this endlessly moving fleet of independent ships just surrounding Absalom Station, this gigantic space space platform. It's just constantly moving ships. Some are docked, but it's a perfect mix of both order and chaos before you exit beyond that into pure nothingness. The void Mm. to the blackness of space. You passed outside of Absalom Station. You passed outside of the Armada, and you've been traveling for a while. You're all kind of probably checking out your controls. Dr. Friss looking around the science station. All right, all right, so that's where that is. Same it's called a Mark got. 1 Trinode computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, top, that's good. This is top class, Juba. Kreska, you're in engineering. And I don't know. When's the last time you were on a ship like this and actually acting as the engineer ever? Uh, well, it was Kreska's plan. She came to Absalom Station to hire herself out as an engineer. She was going to become a member of the Starfinder Society and then earn a little money as an engineer. Mission accomplished. May Shun, working the gunner controls, just kind of getting a hand for the computer systems, the manual parts that you're going to have to act. And May Shun is markedly less excited than, than uh, our captain is. She actually like feels the scarification on our antennae where Dr. Friss removed the dampeners. And she remembers another time in her life wherein she was trained in how to use these. And it is a dark time that she does not enjoy remembering. Mm. But that being said, she locks into the most professional gunnery station possible, stiffens her body, and familiarizes herself with the, with the, uh, with the instrument cluster and says, Yes, this will do nicely. <laughs> do you sit in the cockpit or where, where do you picture yourself? I'm, right now I'm going like all over and just checking everything out. And I think, you know. I mean the, uh, the, the, the turret. Do you sit in the turret? So she checks out the computer and then she sees the turret like looks down at it and the controls on it. Like it, it has this really nice worn in feeling like, yeah. a, like a really well oiled, well taken care of worn in like rifle would have. And she likes how that feels in her hands, and she sits in the turret. And and so, you know, the, the turret can shoot in any direction. Mm-hmm. 
and it also has a longer range than our forward shooting cannon. There will be special instances where, if we do get into a battle, Mission might want to fire that one. But for especially when we're scouting and we're not sure where things are coming from, it'd be cool to be able to just swing, swing, oh, yeah. swing around. And, and you can and see things. this was upgraded for the Ringworks Wanderer model that you're using. This probably came from another ship and it's seen a few battles, so yeah. it feels worn in. Dax, you're obviously pumped. pumped. This is where you feel most alive. Uh, oddly enough, as an android. And uh, Mac, how do you feel like being the, the one in charge? Well, she is not very used to that. She has been on several ships, like she has been adventuring her entire life, but she is not necessarily used to being in charge of a ship, um, especially not a battleship like th- that this might become. Um, nah. But, but she, nah, <laughs> probably not. Uh, but um, she right now she but she's an adventurer so she loves and she also has bad memories from Absalom stations. She does not like to be in our home home sure. planet. So the further she gets away from it, the more thrilling thrilled she gets because. And I'm sure cool. she has bad memories of being in space too. Yes, she can't escape those no matter where she goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you brought them up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Can't escape them. You guys have been traveling for a while. You feel like you're getting closer. Um, I'm sure you've been tracking the Scanning for the, yeah, the beacon. All of a sudden, (laughs) the hippocampus' sensors go off. Good timing, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Shockingly good timing. Uh, Yeah, the sensors go off. Um, And can we see on the readout if it's the the Akitan? Does it have its, like, a... Yeah, you look and transponder the, the acreon, the yeah. acreon. Sorry, you you look uh, at the screen. It looks like the sensors have picked up a small ship that detached itself from the bulk of the armada and has turned towards your shuttle on an intercept course. Hmm. Oh no! Oh, oh boy! Um, it's within range uh, of you. It's getting within range. So who would notice this? Is this something the science officer that would, would be notice or me? I yeah, Friss, you would okay. see that. Captain, we've got uh we've got a small ship on an intercept course. Is it the Acreon? No, it's not. It's this, it looks like it's broken off from the Armada. Is it moving towards us? Yeah. That's what intercept course means. I'd like to change my vote again for Captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, yeah, it's heading in. It's heading in that direction. Well, you could say that. Sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, be plain with your words, man. <laughs> so we will work out a system of blinks. <laughs> um, hmm. All right. So I'm gonna try to. Can I try to communicate with the? Like, yeah. The, yeah. You can. Uh, you have a transponder. Say right. open a channel. Open a channel. Hailing <laughs> frequencies open, Captain. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, this is the. Uh, this is the hippocampus, Captain speaking. Am I talking to anyone right now? Hello? You send that out, and... (laughs) I am a very competent captain. (laughs) First, I would like you to know, I'm very competent. I'm a captain. I'm a captain. End transmission. (laughs) Oh, you clearly struck fear. Captain, I took the liberty of closing the channel. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mac very confidently addresses the ship and Kreska you see that it's not 
broadcasting any identification codes. And it is also not responding to the hail. Meanwhile, Dr. Friss and May Shun, you may see this as well. It's getting closer and closer to you. And all of a sudden, an alarm sounds off <clears throat> in the cockpit next to Dax. Oh. It appears that not only is this mystery ship armed, but its targeting lasers are trained <gasps> on the hippocampus. Captain, we've been targeted. We'll see you next week. Oh! Oh, no! I want to do it. I want to try it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Start your combat. Start your combat. Androids and Aliens is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Dead Sons is copyright 2017. Dead Sons and the Starfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. <laughs>